0: Bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American.
1: Today we are discussing self-reliance. Not hide in the hills self-reliance. Or build a bunker and wait for societal collapse self-reliance. We're not talking about checking out either. We're talking about a good old-fashioned American-style individual responsibility self-reliance the kind necessary to reduce the government's role in our lives and therefore its power over us. Self-reliance is the foundation of freedom. It's necessary to restoring liberty in the United States of America. The first waves of European settlers were a collection of religious nonconformists, entrepreneurs, ethnic minorities like the Scotch-Irish, and restless adventure seekers. One thing they had in common, though, was they wanted to be left alone to live life as they saw fit. And in order to do that, in this wild land with no governments, courts, schools, and police stations, they had to learn how to survive. They had to be self-reliant. Now, many learned the hard way, and many never learned, and they paid with it for, with their lives. But Americans eventually forged a civil society out of a wild, dangerous, and vast land. In some instances, they worked with the natives that were already here. The Americans built schools, churches, police departments, and courts, but they were careful not to create too large and powerful of a government, and they could do that because they assumed individual responsibility. Many, many functions that the US government performs today would have never even been dreamed of by the settlers, the founders, or even a number of the generations following the creation of the United States. Americans wanted a freer governing system than that of the Europeans, It's why they left in the first place, and it's why they eventually fought for that freer system. The original American governing system would eventually spawn the freest society that has ever existed in the history of mankind, and this was no small feat, especially when you consider how short-lived that period has been. Even in this feeble and current American state, the United States remains a magnet for people all over the world. Now, we at The New American believe that one of the most important things that Americans can do to restore liberty is to become more self-reliant. That's why we dedicate our most recent collector's edition bookazine to self-reliance. You can get this hot off the press collector's edition at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the shop tab and you'll see it right away. Today, I'm joined in the studio by two people who are very involved in this issue, And we're gonna talk about a number of topics that are related to self-reliance. Welcome, gentlemen. I have the online editor of The New American, John Larabelle, uh, making a rare appearance. We appreciate you, John. (laughs) And of course, uh, executive senior editor, Steve Bonta. Uh, Welcome, gentlemen. I'll say that again. Uh, So I think maybe the first thing we may want to address right away is uh, that we are not signaling that society is going to collapse uh, and that it's inevitable, are we, Steve? <laughs> Aren't we? <laughs>
0: no. Um, well, opinions differ on that, but we are the eternal optimists here. We Try reckon, and I think that the, the tone that we adopted in this special issue, in this bookazine, is that on the one hand, th- there's still so much to be positive about, and so much, so much, so many grounds for optimism that we believe in being engaged, as you mentioned in the, in the introduction, we're not about you know, fleeing into the hills or bunkering down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yet, okay? <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't seem to be something. I mean, even in America's been through a civil war in the past and, and, and other sorts of, you know, epical crises that have not you know, brought about, you know, that sort of- that you know, complete collapse. Post-apocalyptic, you know, zombie uprising mm-hmm. type scenario, these types of things. On the other hand, We'd, we're not stupid. I mean, we look at the condition of, of, of the world, in a particular our beloved country, the, uh, dare I say, perilous state of the republic, uh, precarious condition of our national finances, the, poss- the very real likelihood or possibility that uh, if, if major changes don't come to pass in Washington, we may face national bankruptcy and who knows what that could, that bring, bring, about, what that yeah. could bring in its train. I mean, the, the Germans experienced that in the early 20, 1920s, a little mm-hmm. over 100 years ago, and we know what happened next. Yeah, and we've seen it so, in South America So, too. I mean, I, I guess our attitude is one of, yes, yeah, right, and uh, one of balance, uh, one of prudence, but informed prudence. And, and we try to capture both aspects of it because self-reliance is not something that we say, okay, now times are tough. Things are dangerous. Time to become self-reliant. Time to you know, break out the firearms and start fending off the, the, you know, the, the ravening hordes, and that, 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 that kind of thing. It's, it's equally and perhaps just as important, not more important, to practice self-reliance in times of plenty, in times of peace and stability, to cultivate that virtue. Because that is, as we said in the, the issue, that, that, that attitude, that mentality, that practice, is the very wellspring of, indiv- of individuality and liberty. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the very mindset of the founders. I mean, you start off, I believe you,
1: I, if, I think it's you who writes the first article, and you write about the self-reliance of the founding fathers. So right off the bat, and obviously we mentioned the settlers, they had a self-reliant
0: attitude. Can you go a little more into that? Well, as you mentioned in the introduction, that we, to some degree it was imposed upon them by the circumstances of the time. Because if you're living in a in a non-insulated cabin without internet or phone or electricity or alarm systems in the middle of the wilderness with the ever-present reality that um, a rampaging wild beast, a bear or something might, might break in and kill you or steal your food stores or the local, the Indians or marauders of other sorts, which were also a reality, we won't talk about as much, but there were plenty of, of outlaws in colonial America and mm-hmm. in, in the wilds of, you know, the the the, the 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 mountains of, of of New England and and eastern New York State. Appalachia too Appalachia I mean was Georgia from,
1: was a penal colony was it not
0: yeah so I mean so, so I mean so this was this was just ipso facto a very a very perilous set of circumstances and while we like to say well you know all those people came from Europe to escape you know religious persecution all the, the usual things we learned in grade school the fact is even with religious persecution living in Holland or France or the the United Kingdom in those days was a lot more secure Mm. than year of taking a very dangerous boat ride across the Atlantic Ocean and then arriving in a place where there were no safety nets, there was no police force to protect you if things went wrong. No food stamps. No food stamps, no (laughs) public highways, no infrastructure, as we like to say. (laughs) John, you're laughing. So that (laughs) that naturally attracted a certain type of people. What do you think, John? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Uh, if they weren't self reliant, they would not have survived and we wouldn't have uh, had a country. And I think the 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 whole mentality of the founders want and this goes into a little bit about the parallel structures I yeah, think you yeah. are gonna bring Which up later, you, but, uh, yeah, we, yeah, I mean you can bring it up right now. Yeah, but just their idea that um they they were under a system that they didn't like, so they said, well, we need to just make our own system and be self-reliant. And if they weren't, they wouldn't have been able to do that yeah that's what gave birth to America in the first place, sort of a mentality of self-reliance
1: now is is that applicable even today because I do hear a lot of talk about this parallel society. Mm-hmm. I know at, at least one specific uh, social media uh, leader or founder or whatever who talks about it all the time, but I'm sure I'm sure there's there's more when you write when you're writing in this issue, is there any
2: reference to to building that uh, parallel society today? Yeah, we talk about basically uh, different ways in which Liberty-minded people can um, build structures on their own that are apart from the main establishment structure, social mm-hmm. media, news media, um, electronics, finance, things like that. Because online we, ordering. Yeah, yeah. Online uh, shops uh, uh, and things banking, like that. Banking, things like that, that are, uh, that are alternatives to mm-hmm. the, the system. And my understanding you know? is that's kind of somewhat in the
1: works by a number of, of whether it be entrepreneurs or developers out there, because they're realizing that uh, the system that we live in, obviously it's it's turned on us, especially yeah. us, meaning those of us on, on what's called the far right. I guess yeah. we're considered on the far right. I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Trump but, supporters or I'd rather not I'd rather be people. that than the
0: far wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think, and uh, so, I mean, that is definitely one of the, one of the things that we emphasize here is to separate, a, a re-emphasizing separating from the society. Because I, I'd imagine there's also a balance there where we, that's not exactly the answer either. Well, you know, it's, but it's I think we need tr- to come back and, and discuss that though, mm-hmm. because uh, right after this, we're going to finish this conversation on the parallel society.
3: Imprisonment, forced labor, permanent separation from my family. Perhaps death I knew what could happen to people who were caught trying to defect But the watchtowers stood yards away The possibility of a new life in a different world One without tyranny was within sight The West I thought of the rewards no longer crushed under the boot of communism I would work and make money no longer restrained by the chains of collectivism. I would say what I wanted, without fear of spies and informants nearby. I would be free. The frozen rain and Romanian mud seeped through my gloves and cloths. I fantasized about a fire burning in the wood stove of my parents' home, but I pushed those thoughts from my mind. Closed my eyes and waited for the cover of the darkness. Get Defector,
0: a true story of tyranny, liberty, and purpose by Mark Hobavkovich with Paul Dragu. A thrilling page-turner that will remind you how precious yet vulnerable freedom is. Available at shopjbs.org or Amazon. For a limited time, get 20% off your entire order using promo code DEFECTOR20 when you purchase Defector at shopjbs.org
1: welcome back folks so I wanted to finish this conversation on this parallel society uh, we're not so much necessarily saying uh, separate yourself as
2: as what John no we're basically saying um, we don't like the structure that there is now because mm. it's not it's not friendly to liberty minded people not friendly to conservatives whatever you want to say yeah um, as far as being cancelled mm. online you know the cancel culture um, yeah uh, you know, harassment in public places, you know, being kicked off of um, financial platforms. If you have unapproved views, uh, mm-hmm. even the, the, the current climate in the public schools. Yeah. It's yeah. just a lot of insanity. So there, would you know? homeschooling be a way? That's, that? that's one example of peril society we bring up in the article. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much as leaving society as it is creating our own societies, you know, with different elements. So we can do so apart from what the what the left is trying to do. Yeah, you know, and that system is collapsing. It's going to collapse under its own corruption. You think so? We can, well, you can kind of see it already that you know, they say the revolution always eats itself, you know, mm-hmm. and if, if enough people leave and build their own system. Hmm. Um, and, you know, look at the popularity of, of alternate media platforms, you know, uh, rumble, Yeah, they're right. not as big as YouTube yet. But more people are going there. And, and alternative um, news? Uh, exactly. Alternative rises. news is huge. Yes. You know, and some meanwhile, f- What's happening in the mainstream yeah, news? Yeah. Some people thought Fox News was kind of alternative. And back in the 90s, it sort of was the alternative. Yeah. But now, even that's gone more yeah. establishment. And you're seeing so many alternative, conservative, uh, more liberty minded news. Not all of them are as good as others, but, yeah. you know, that's out there. Um, alternative on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's really nothing. Yeah if if you build up enough critical mass in those things right now, it'll get to the point where they really can't be shut down. Steve, you one know? of
1: the the issues you wrote was on financial independence. And mm-hmm. I think... I I almost think that this would have been so easily to miss, but it's so important to discuss because that's something that we can all we can all do. I mean, later on we're going to go into Joe Skousen's article, and and I I'm going to say that uh, some of the stuff that he um, he advises sounds a little pricey, uh, whereas uh, becoming financially independent that's something everyone should and mm-hmm. can do, and that is an element
0: of self reliance, is it not? Well, yes, and again, this is something that. That should be practiced in good times and bad, or rather put practiced in good times, so that when the bad times come, yeah. we don't face a situation like the good people of Ecuador, where I just went on a trip. I learned during that something I did not know that their their currency totally collapsed in the 1990s, and by totally I mean the value went to zero, ah. and people lost literally everything, and one half of the country was forced to flee to go abroad anywhere so that they could actually have money, could have mm. tangible assets. And it you know, just crippled the country. So these things have happened in, in the recent past, continue to happen around the world, could happen here. So the, what the how issue, do people- The, 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 the issue is, you know, uh, well, I mean, I mean, okay, so concretely, what, we rec- what I would recommend, first of all, and let me just add, we're not uh, licensed financial advisors here. These are just some general, yeah. Guidelines, obviously, for more specifics, this is the sort of thing that people should talk to a financial advisor about. Mm -hmm. So just as a a matter of general principle, paying down and getting out of debt as soon as possible. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't legitimate reasons to borrow money from time to time. You know, a house mortgage and, you know, furtherance of education under certain circumstances certainly are advisable. Obviously, sometimes debt is needed to pay emergency medical expenses and other things like that that crop up. You know, mo- almost all of us at some point or another in, in our lives will spend time dealing with debt, yeah. sometimes heavy debt. But that doesn't mean that our objective should not be to pay it down and eventually pay it off. That is probably more than any other single thing. Is the, that the, important? The secret. Yeah, you're right, and so then, and then of course acquire savings. And again, on the assumption that some semblance of civilization and the order that comes with it will continue. Prudent investing of different kinds. Again, consult people who know what they're talking about. Also learn yourself. I mean, it's not, not terribly hard, but it is time consuming uh, to, but, but it can be done you know, to learn about, about various forms of investing. Many people do, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you need to have hedges. So certainly things like gold and silver Mm-hmm. are you know even even billionaires have you know 5 to 10% of their assets in things that will never really truly lose value because historically for millennia gold and silver in particular have been unassailable assets asset classes um, yeah, the value fluctuates, yeah. apparently, but it's not really the value of gold and silver fluctuating. What's happening is that the value of the currency is fluctuating relative to gold and silver, mm. right? So they're not really investments in the usual sense of the word, so much as a hedge, a way to preserve assets and to, to maintain a way to, to buy and sell if something like a Weimar Germany circumstance were to happen in the United yeah. States. And we don't have a lot of control over what goes on in D.C. I mean, given given the level of corruption, which we document in the New American magazine, I would give it 50 50 as to whether we're going to get out of this before it's too late, pay down the debt, impose some semblance of fiscal you sanity give us a or, 50% or chance? go the other direction. Well, I mean, one way or the other, I believe the Republic will survive, but there's no guarantee as the people of Ecuador, of Argentina, of Zimbabwe, yeah. of Germany, of Russia, of Japan. Many other countries in the last hundred years have experienced hyperinflation, total economic collapse. Mm-hmm. Not all of them experienced the rise of a, you know, a Hitler-type regime yeah. as a result, but Germany did. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and we need to, we need, that needs to be baked into our, our planning. Yeah. Right? But, I, I, but we, don't, I, we don't obsess on that. We, we try to be positive mm-hmm. and live our lives yeah. and enrich ourselves. I mean, it's after all the whole point of our free republic, is it not? Is that we can do things that our ancestors, in their hard scrabble existence, weren't able to do.
1: Yes, yes, and I want to get into some of these. Uh, I think what rings out when when people hear self-reliance, the components and the elements they hear is, is you know, building a shack, which apparently we cover. At, at least it's a, it's yeah. a wood shack here, using tools, having basic tools. You know, if if the power does go out, or it's a, uh, Dennis, the the publisher, Dennis Berent. I thought wrote a terrific article. Uh, showing how during the COVID era, there were a lot of elements, uh, a lot of, um, what do you call it? There was a the lot blockchain. of chicanery, things that happened that would have helped yeah. if more people were self-reliant. Yeah. I would say the most obvious point, I, I don't know, let me know what you think, John, is that uh, these treatments... Affordable, effective treatments, they were suppressed. And I would make the, the case that those of us who were self-reliant and we got those treatments, it was because we
2: were su- to some
1: degree self-reliant. What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, the lies that the mainstream media and the government were telling about successful mm. treatments, like you were saying, uh, trying to suppress that. Mm-hmm. Um, People who were more self-reliant were able to take care yeah, of it or yeah. prepare. Maybe they had things that can help their immune system, you know, vitamins and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We um, talk about exercise too. Yeah, yeah. But the big thing, you know, that we saw is all of a sudden when you started seeing shortages on things like toilet paper and whatnot, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden people weren't laughing at preppers anymore, you know, because uh-huh. they had <laughs> a lot of it. So it really, you know, people saw the the value of being prepared for emergencies and, and mm-hmm. unexpected, you know disasters, supply chain disruptions and whatnot. So what if that happens with food? You know, we saw, I mean, we saw some semblance of yeah, it. Yes, so a little bit with food in different parts of the country. You yeah. saw people, I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember if you were trying to buy guns or ammo uh, between basically COVID and the after the 2020 election. I mean, it was, it's almost it was pretty hard. There. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it just illustrates the importance of being prepared and Planning ahead of being smart and, and, uh, you know. and
1: having that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, you wrote, uh, I mean, one of your stories, you wrote about this interesting disaster or some sort of a
0: solar flare that pretty much wiped out. Well, it's funny you should mention that because just yesterday, an article appeared in the Fox News feed. Yeah, which the you know, scientists warned that a major solar storm could knock out the Internet for weeks yeah. or months. So suddenly people are noticing that if we yeah. have a repeat of the so-called Carrington event of the 1859, uh, that it could take down the grid for an indeterminate amount of time. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I, 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 we big, go- that's a big deal.
1: It is, it is. And, and that's just one example of why maybe you should have a little bit of extra food, some water and, and maybe in case some And a few Faraday cages to protect you your, Faraday, your laptop yeah. and so well, on. yeah, exactly. There, yeah, yeah. All right, folks, the easiest way to get this issue that we're talking about is by ordering copies at thenewamerican.com slash forward shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783, Monday through Friday from eight to five central time. We're gonna be right back and we are gonna further discuss all the good stuff in this issue.
4: As a lumberjack, I've been cutting wood for decades. My job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. My axe goes through every time. You remember when everyone bought all the toilet paper? And they wanted me to wear these things. And someone invested a lot of money into this stuff. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot, it's too cold. You know what? The weather changes. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Here's the news, Dad. Is it, son? Is it? What about this one, Dad? Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. There's just too much baloney out there. At The New American, they cut through the baloney and give me the truth.
0: Visit thenewamerican.com and subscribe to get 50% off the cover price. And if you want an even better deal, use the promo code 10OFFSUB. Again, that's 10OFFSUB for more than 50% off.
1: Welcome back, folks. So, one of the uh, pictures that people get in their minds when they hear self-reliance is they hear about this worst-case scenario. And in our issue here, Joel Skousen writes about that. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and take us through some of these points. Uh, I highlighted quite a few uh, points that Joel made. And it's actually pretty short, but I thought he covered quite a bit. Mm -hmm. What do you think is uh, some of the most important things that he covered
2: in this article? Well, yeah, th- this article would be kind of more the classic, like, prepper mentality. Like ST8? But, what? Exactly. Yeah. SHTF, whatever. We well,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, whatever the acronym yeah, yeah. is. We're not allowed uh, to say no, the word now. No. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Stuff so, hits the fan. Right. Um, but yeah, well, he basically talks about preparing for a worst case scenario, which he describes as a potential nuclear, nuclear conflict mm. with you know Russia or China or something, where they would detonate an EMP yeah. or detonate a nuclear device. Up in outer space above America, that would take out, out the electrical, causing grid. an electromagnetic pulse that would drop, knock out the grid for an indeterminate amount of time, right. possibly long time, because our yes. grid's not very hardened apparently. So, yeah, he basically says, well, where where should you live to help avoid that? Because certain areas would be hit worse than others. Basically, live outside the cities, outside mm. of major transportation networks, uh, away from big highways and and suburbs. You know, out in yeah. the country um he
1: says preferably at least what is it
2: an hour away
1: from a yeah. metro area so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
2: and not could... everybody can do that that's the thing you know th- this is kind of worst case scenario this is the ideal of what you should do um having um backup power you know solar or battery yeah. backups having food water stored up um just things like that to basically make sure you're okay and, mm. and you say well you know you you know, you're going to be tempted to share your food with everybody. He yeah, says, don't <laughs> yeah. because if, then you'll run out of food, and then everybody else. Well, will be Well, <laughs> I think he
1: also says if you do, everyone else is. is they'll going they'll on. know you have something. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, Another thing I found
1: interesting was his his um, uh, what he recommended as far as the number of rounds <laughs> of ammo you should have. I mean, he has that all in
0: there. But again, like you said, this is the classic like preparedness. But let, well, it's, yeah. it's not. I mean, I, I, can, I can attest from personal experience that in a time of acute crisis, big cities can be death traps. Mm-hmm. I experienced this firsthand. I was living in China's largest city during COVID. Before I went to China to teach, I deliberately chose a school that was on the outskirts, like 30 miles from that, because I just had this feeling you know, I should live somewhere more rural. And that's where I ended up. And thank goodness I did because when COVID hit and it eventually locked down the entire city where I lived, the downtown people had, there was no access to food. People were jumping out of buildings, committing suicide. They were Uh, barricaded in their apartments, By the hundreds, people couldn't get medical care. They were dying on the streets. It was absolutely awful apocalyptic scenario, which we were aware because it was, you know, the the images of this were being put on the cell phones. We could see what was going on in, in downtown Shanghai. And meanwhile, where I live like 35 miles out, you know, in in a tiny suburb with lots of rice rice paddies, no high-rise buildings. And on a campus of a school where I could at least get out and walk around, we had, we we never, I mean, the only thing we had to deal with was the fact that we couldn't leave the grounds. Yeah. But it wasn't anywhere near as awful what people experienced in downtown. Now, that's one scenario. But obviously, if there were not, not just a nuclear war, but some other type of black swan event, and people want to flee the cities, good luck with that. Yeah. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not to say don't live in cities by any means, you know, I mean, people can make their own choices and their best judgment, but know that when you're in that kind of environment, Mm -hmm. you do make yourself more vulnerable. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and he touches even on that, like if, if you do live in the city, perhaps have... Uh, a place outside that mm-hmm. you can flee, and I think he even talks about how to get there in case you need to get there. And then there is, in case you are stuck, he discusses, I guess, how you can barricade or at least fortify your basement, a cement plate, mm-hmm. whatever. Again, this is this is what people normally think when they talk about self-reliance. But I think another issue that we touch on that is really important, and I would I would wonder if it's probably one of the most overlooked topics when it comes to self-reliance, and that's community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, those of us who you've seen any videos on this, or you go to YouTube, and I, I, I think it's just littered with stuff like this. I think one of the things we most often forget about or that is not addressed as much as that you need to be part of a community or have because that that increases your chances mm-hmm. of of of, a, of survival and, and even thriving. John, you wrote that. So why don't you go fill us in a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. Uh, um, that's, you know, the whole concept of you know, no man, man, no man is an island unto himself. And if you're all by yourself in an emergency situation, I mean, you're, you're by yourself, you're vulnerable. Yeah. But um, if you can be part of a community of like-minded people, one example we talk about is the Amish. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're for the most part, electricity free. They will, when they have contact with the English, you know, modernized people, they'll use phones a little bit and for business, but yeah. generally they they live the way people have for hundreds of years. Yeah. And if there was an EMP or something, and they wouldn't know about it, They huh? probably, well, they would know if they tried <laughs> yeah, to do business, but they'd be fine. Um, but they have, they have a community, and there's a lot of strength in numbers. So <clears throat> we talk also about churches. You know, churches are a great example of community, how you, get, you can get like-minded people in a place where they can gather, and they can talk and say, hey, w- you know, why don't we help each other out and, you know, intentionally try to be more self-reliant with one another so we can— um, protect our, one another, uh, help each other if we have some kind of a shortage or an emergency. Yeah. Um, you know, that's way, and that goes along with the parallel societies, too, the parallel structures. We do this together, and we won't be doing it alone. You know? mm-hmm. So if, if uh, for example, say if only a few individual people wanted to uh, secede from Great Britain, well, that wouldn't have worked. They'd just been arrested or something, but the whole country did it. So we were able to do that, you know, in the revolution. So yeah. kind of going back to the founders, you know, it was a, a community of people. They could do it together. So. Yeah,
1: and, and having a community is also, especially in, in, t- in t- 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 tough times, that would be a way to protect yourself against criminal elements because sure. criminal elements become more emboldened during times like that. I mean, we saw the 2020 with the riots, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're looting, uh, uh, you know, for shoes and Gucci outfits and and whatnot, but it's- They're uh,
0: still doing that. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, I mean- Another
0: argument to stay out of certain cities.
1: Yeah. And it's another argument. uh, Is this a perfect time to maybe touch on, on firearms? I know this is touchy because I don't think anyone here ever is, is suggesting that we want an excuse to shoot anyone. I think no. it's quite the opposite. I think any sane person, uh, I, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I think there's some people here who own firearms. And I can't imagine there's one person uh, who does own firearms in this building or perhaps in this studio who would ever, ever want to shoot anyone. But we also mm-hmm. need to be prepared and we need to be able to defend and protect our families, right? Yeah. Well, you need to
0: understand the reality. Uh, The reality of human nature is that the veneer of civilization, with many people, is very thin. And even with some relatively good, decent people, when they start to experience the pangs of hunger, Mm -hmm. and when they see their children experiencing the pangs of hunger, they may be tempted tempted, in, in their desperation to do things that they would never consider doing in ordinary times. I remember the great New York City blackout, I think it was about 1978 when I was a teenager. I wasn't living in New York City, thank goodness, but, um, but the, the, the city had a power outage that lasted four or five, six days, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, a, a substantial, surprisingly large proportion of the city turned out and began looting and rioting. And the same thing happened in the wake of Hurricane Andrew in South Florida in the early 1990s. Um, so, you Katrina never, too. You yeah, and Katrina, you you never know what people are going to do. And of course, we all know that there is a certain, you know, malign or, you know, sociopathic element in every society that unfortunately tends to flourish mm-hmm. in, in in these sorts of, you know, dog eat dog times because those are the people who already are, you know, know in their heart of hearts that they are willing to do whatever it takes to get the food and the things that they that they fancy that they need in, in these times. And so But that's another reason we should be prepared so we don't become Well, the thing is that civilization, you know, does confer a certain amount of innocence about human nature, which, you know, we've seen play out in Israel and Gaza and so forth, this idea, you know, this type of thing. Some people are just plain, you know, unreconstructed savages. And... Hopefully, none of us will ever have to deal with them face to face. But there is that chance, particularly yes. if there were ever a serious breakdown in social order. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, and and what we encourage is not just to have a bunch of guns, I don't know if we even encourage a bunch of guns or a bunch of ammo, but also the ability, the comfort to work and to be comfortable with them, yeah, so train, we don't train, be you know, responsible, practice shooting. Firearm owners, yeah. Yes, that's, that's very important. Unfortunately, it's gotten more expensive, but I don't think that's necessarily an excuse not to be prepared. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and discuss what happens if there's no America. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welt said, education is our total strategy
0: and truth, our only weapon. Join us in restoring this great nation.
1: Welcome back. So before we get back, uh, get into the last segment here where we're discussing the importance of America in keeping uh, the world free, let's talk about resources. One of the articles that we put in here are one where you can people go and they can get various
2: resources on all sorts of things. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about that, John? Yeah. um, Scott Campanero has a very excellent article in here, The Mindset of a Survivor. It's a fairly lengthy article, but in here, he just basically talks about emergency preparedness, self-reliance, hunting, fishing, firearms, um, kind of bug out, camping, mm-hmm. sur- outdoor survival, growing your own food, kind of the homestead life, yeah. you know, uh, uh, vegetables, small livestock, bigger Canning, livestock. All kinds said. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he has, throughout this article, just tons of um, books and resources you can get for websites, further information. They... Websites. Yeah. Groups you can join. Yeah to learn more. And that's one thing I think is great about this issue is it's it's sort of a primer, you know, it gives people a good introduction to some of this stuff, yeah. but it gives a lot of resources where people can go for more information. If Joe Scousen does the same Skousen's thing. Scousen's article Terrific. and Componeta article both have a lot of that. And that's, yeah. um, I think is ex- it can be an excellent tool for some people who, I mean, some of our readers I'm sure are probably fairly self-reliant and good at this stuff, but. For those who are not, mm-hmm. this is a great uh, resource to use if you want to get into this further and really get the whole lifestyle. And it can be almost like a hobby. You know, a lot of people say they get into it and it almost becomes an obsession. They just start to really yeah. like it. Well, so. I
1: mean, you mentioned gardening. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that everyone should be doing, whether or not you're preparing for anything. Because, uh, first of all, the food that we get in the stores, I, I think there's lots yeah. of reason to, to suspect that it. It's not, there's, oh, we yeah. know it's not very healthy, but gardening is is healthy uh, and it's something you can do it's and you can can and you can be ready and that's something I would think anyone can do I mean they got people in like New York City who are yeah. like doing it little apartment
2: and, like, gardens food. square foot yeah. Gardens. yeah I'm kind of an organic food guy myself been for a little while so yeah I, you're 100 percent correct I mean the you know the, the supermarket processed food is uh, you know really not the best thing to eat you know if you absolutely have to it's there no. but if you can it's good to try to as close to yeah. God's green
0: earth as possible. you know. Steve,
1: you've traveled a lot. How does the food here in America compare to other parts of the country?
0: Two thumbs down. You mean other parts of the world? <laughs> other parts of the world, yes. Yeah, no, again, and I don't want to emphasize too much. No, I we love America. I we're just we're came Patriot. back from a nice little South American country where the food was unbelievable. And yeah. I had no idea. It's some country, yeah, Ecuador. I've mentioned this before, so mm. I don't want to talk about it too much. But, uh, but, uh, but the, uh, that's something. I didn't go there for the food. Mm. I got there and the cuisine is incredible. And there are many, you know, I lived in China. As I mentioned, for several years, and uh, you know, and I've lived in India, yeah. and the food, the, the cuisines in those countries are just—I just, find this staggeringly not only tasty. But good
1: for you. And how much would you, know. you say of that food that you eat the ingredients are local? Because I'm willing to bet a lot of it's local, especially, I guess, yeah, it in is, India. And, and Here's the
0: thing. I mean, years ago when I was in, uh, in graduate school and I was spe- spent time doing research and so forth, field research in, in, in India and Sri Lanka and South Asia, you know, the first thing people think of is all oh, those are, are dirty countries. They have, you know, they don't you can't drink the water and all this sort of thing. And, you know, I was never healthier there than I've been at any other time in my life slimmed down, mm-hmm. and I, I attribute a lot of it to, to the food, which is, yeah. again, without all the additives and all the junk and so forth that, yeah. uh, that we have here, it's just good old-fashioned, market-grown fruits and vegetables, rice, of course, mm-hmm. uh, meat mm, without being fattened in the feeding pens, no, no hormones, none of that sort of thing, and it's amazing how good for you yeah. that food is. Even if you're living in a country who's, who's ostensibly uh, has, has much lower sanitation standards than we do, because it's poor and more crowded and so forth and so on. Even then, that was my experience. Yeah. I mean, we. We started eating
1: um, homegrown foods, and I started eating game uh, game meat That when I started hunting years and years ago, and my health, uh, I, I could see it literally improved, uh, not overnight, obviously, but mm-hmm. over a period of time, sure. and I'm at the point where like, if I go to McDonald's or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> no. I don't know if you guys are there, but it makes me yep. nauseous, and that wasn't necessarily the case, and I say, so I think my body has acclimated to healthier food. So I, I would think this is not just about self-reliance, but I would make the argument it's about being healthy and being in optimal condition uh, mm. for for whatever your age is
2: yeah because if you're dependent on the supermarket for everything like you were saying steve mentioned that all goes down i mean it's going to be chaos and, and, and that and also if you've got your own food you can grow your own food you know how to not just you know how to grow food but you know how to make ingredients you yeah. know how to make bone broth you know how to make your own like fermented vegetables or store things up and to preserve or you know how to make your own flour to make bread with or something. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do that anymore. Yeah, I think yeah. from scratch means they baked it themselves in the oven, you know?
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> but it also play, it goes a long way to becoming financially independent because, mm-hmm. again, we save hundreds of dollars for just because we're, we're gardening and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, if you if smart and you catch and catch a lot
0: of your own fish, too. So. Yeah, yeah, fish, fish deer, things like
1: that. And then and, and so. um all right, so we got a few minutes left here. We finish off the issue here with what if there were no America? And, and, and I think if you're not reading it, that may seem like a weird transition, but it's not, mm-hmm. is it? Because if, if, if we do not become self-reliant or at least have that restoration of liberty, there is what
0: happens. I'm going to let you guys take it off there. Go, uh, go ahead, Steve. Me? Sure. Well, <clears throat> again, circling back to what we mentioned at the beginning, self-reliance and its, its sibling— uh, individualism mm-hmm. are really the twin pillars upon which the whole edifice of liberty rests. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, it's true, as we've mentioned already, there, there is a communitarian aspect to this because none of us is a radical individual. I mean, in point of fact, God created us as a family unit, in yeah. a sense. and, and, and God also, himself is a relationship. And he made us as social beings uh, so that we function best in a well-functioning society. But that doesn't mean that there is no such thing at all as the individual or a, a, a self-reliant because, you, you, you know, the Amish individually are very self-reliant and then also as an entire society have, have accomplished the same thing. And one could say the same as, oh, I don't know, the monasteries in the Middle Ages or something like this. So, um, so that's an important point to make. But uh, if there were no America, we would learn the same lesson that the peoples who relied for centuries on the the shield of, the, of Roman law in Western Europe, when the Roman Empire collapsed, mm, people became more self-reliant, yes, but they also, the civilization that they labored to be, you know, perished with them. So part of the thing that, that, that I'd like to emphasize is that we're also by nature civilized beings. We strive to civilize ourselves and one another. The things that make life worthwhile, as, i.e. as distinguished from you know, Stone Age people living on, on North Sentinel Island or something like that, uh, is that we do have things like books and entertainment and enrichment and hobbies and uh, group activities, all these things that are not strictly necessary for our survival, but they make life worthwhile. Yeah. They make worth, that's why people are motivated to build civilization in the first place. So our civilization, the American civilization, is the greatest such that the world has ever seen to this point, maybe, maybe the Enochian civilization, if you believe in that was there, but, but in the historical record, the American civilization is sort of, is the gold standard. Yeah. And that's the reason that to the extent that other countries in the world nowadays have become successful, it's almost to the degree that they've, they've chosen to emulate us and yeah. more or less in our way of, way of living. This idea, this recipe for, for maximizing individual liberty, minimizing the power of, of government and making sure that the laws are as just as possible is, has proven to be yeah. a recipe for success. We don't want to lose that. We recognize, of course, that the forces of barbarism are very much on the rise. That's part of the reason that this organization exists. It's why we have this show. It's why we publish the New American Magazine. All the other things that the John Birch Society does is to combat this. But uh, we cannot expect to say, well, you know, the world can go, to you know where, in a handbasket, I'm just going to bunker down. I'm mm-hmm. going to survive. I don't care. I'm going to ride this out. Probably we're going to regret those decisions because in that future world, there's no such thing as dental care. <laughs> there's no such thing as vacations. There's no such thing as libraries or any other forms of entertainment or enrichment. Well, with a few
1: seconds left, I also like to point out that uh, in today's world and today's technology, there's nowhere you can hide there's that too. There's nowhere you can hide. We need to become a self-reliant people because the individual liberty uh, relies on that and the world needs a free America. Mm -hmm. And I would, I still argue, even with all the troubles that we have, we are still, I think, the world's best hope. And if we do not restore this nation through self-reliance and individual liberty, we will, the entire world will fall into darkness. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you on Monday.